Welcome back to Division One Rejects. Today we've got a great guest for you, Jackson Pruitt, three-star offensive lineman and Temple commit out of Detroit Cast Tech. He'll be joining us here in just a little bit after we go through a bit of an introduction, so stick around for that conversation. It was a good one with Jackson today, and uh, like I said, he just signed to Temple, so glad to get him back on the podcast as a returning guest. But otherwise, boys, I'm here with Cade Manzo, Tyshawn King. Boys, how are we doing today? How are we doing? Thugging, man. Glad to be on finally. Thugging. Ferris State's thugging, too. They're in Texas ahead of their championship game against Valdosta State on Saturday. But Bulldog quarterback Jared Bernhardt is not one of the eight finalists for the Harlan Hill Trophy. I think it's because he got hurt middle of the season. His stats didn't line up. Think so? He's got, yeah. dude, he put up in unreal numbers. And so. I still think so, too. And the Harlan Hill Trophy, for those of you who don't know, is the award for the nation's best player in Division Two. Basically, the Division Two equivalent of the Heisman Trophy Award. So... Um, that was very surprising to me. He was one of the 36, the top like 36, but then when it went to the night, uh, the nationwide polls, he did not make it into that final eight. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, obviously our GLIAG representation in the division two championship, we'll move on to the NFL. Urban Meyer is officially out of town. I think you could say he, uh, he got the boot. Huh? Caught it last week, man. Nobody <laughs> wanted to believe me. So just so no sabotage. He's out of town after a two and eleven start with Jacksonville Jaguars, along with plenty of off-field drama, and we will break that down a little bit later. He's been coming under attack from a lot of people for good reason, because a lot of bad things have come to light about our man Urban Meyer. So uh, that will be an interesting conversation. But also in the NFL, there are some big-time changes to league COVID protocols that should help players get back on the field faster, some changes to testing, but also cracking down and being a lot more strict on the in-facility operations. College football side of things, the biggest story probably is that Deion Sanders flipped ESPN's number two recruit in the country from Florida State to come play at Jackson State, which is one of the many stories in early signing day. But like I said, that was... Probably oh, the most nationwide one. I don't think in our lifetime we've ever seen anything like that. Exactly. So with NIL and, and with this HBCU recurrence that we're now seeing, I think a lot of the, the recruiting landscape has been shaken up quite a bit. But otherwise, Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker has opted out of playing in the Peach Bowl to prepare for the NFL draft. He announced on Twitter earlier today, we're recording this on Thursday night. So that was pretty big news for MSU and for Kenneth Walker, who's projected as the number two running back in the draft at this point. Um, but as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects, where we post highlights from the show. But before we get into all that, gentlemen, let's get into that conversation with Jackson Pruitt. Joining us now is the 22nd ranked recruit in the state of Michigan for the class of 2022, a three-star offensive lineman that just signed his commitment to the University of Temple. It's Jackson Pruitt. What's going on, Jackson? Congrats on the commitment, man, or the signing day, right? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. How was uh, how was how did that day go? Was it a lot of uh, expectation leading up to that point? I know you had committed obviously um, previously to that, so no real surprise on signing day for you and your family. Yeah, yes, sir. So I mean, a lot of my friends um, they had seen like a lot of schools coming in and out uh, that were trying to get me to flip. Uh, honestly, really, and telling me with telling me with the idea of you know uh, this big, this big bigger football. Uh-huh. Uh, we have. So much, so much, uh, so much better stuff, stuff like that, and so everybody kind of was anticipating me, me uh, flipping. Really? Thinking I was going to go to a different school, but uh, they didn't turn out that way. For me. Yeah, stay true to it. I respect that because you see, um, a lot of guys. I mean, they get up. They put a hat on, they take it off, put a hat on, take it off, and then you got like three hats down, and they unzip the sweatshirt, take off another shirt, and it's like the fourth option, dude. Like, I get that you exactly. you get your day, you know, to have the, the spotlight on you, but, I mean, there were no uh, yeah, multiple hats in your situation, I take it? Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. And another thing about that was I kind of I thought it was a, um, 
it would have been kind of disrespectful to throw some of the hats up there. Right. Especially with today's picture with the, with the transfer portal and all that. Or the, the coaching carousel. You won't, you don't know what's going to happen. The coach that mm-hmm. you told you're not coming to school might be your coach next week, and you gonna have, you can't have no control over it. Yeah, so if you disrespect someone like two weeks prior, then all of a sudden your situation changes, and now you're looking for a new home, or this coach is, you know, he's remembering in the back of his head, oh, this was the kid that just, you know, threw my hat on the ground and chose another school for me. So you do not want that to happen. But, I mean, really going right off of that, your school of choice, Temple, just hired Stan Drayton as their new head coach, and they weren't really a part of the conversation early on in your recruiting process. So how did they come into the game pretty far down the road for you? Uh, well, really, for me, it came down to me picking the school that I, like, really, like, enjoyed myself at. And Temple was, like, one of the first schools I ever visited. And um, working with Roger Stars, I heard so close wins I wanted to, like, try and talk to the offer from there. Not only because of like, how I liked, like, the, the livelihood there and stuff like that. They had a great business program that I was really interested in, a far school of business. That's good. So, um, and so they, they offered me early. So I want to say around maybe this time last year. I can't remember exactly. But um, they offered they offered me and kind of talked to me. But uh, COVID picked up a lot. Uh, but during that time again, so we lost. Uh, we didn't have we didn't have as much communication and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so then when it came, when it came down to it, uh, ticket uh, when I when I dropped my top schools and stuff like that, it was always outside. Like if I had a top twelve, it was three four schools on the bubble yeah. that I still had communications with. But I just knew I was focused on the. 12 schools that I listed on like Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah, so I got you. Once, once I got down to seven schools and it was time to start scheduling my physical visits and stuff, it was, it was, um, the I kind of had like a sheet and the sheet, it was always was one of my favorite visits. Simple kept coming up. And so I, I, uh, got, got back in contact with, with them. Um, Coach Rapati, uh, reached out to me, uh, came to a game. Uh, was really was really upfront with me and told me was just telling me flat out, look, man, we we're really behind the recruiting with COVID and stuff like that because they got hit kind of bad in Philly with it. Of course, yeah. And so, so and so with that happening and stuff, he still kind of he so he, we got we got there, got on campus, came on a visit, um, and and uh, they really they separated themselves. Uh, they presented me with uh, uh, the opportunities of, of of many um of getting into that part school business with I which I so wanted to get into. And, yeah. Uh, and the um, and the facilities that they have was 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 really good. Uh, really shocked me. Uh, the support they have uh, was really good. And even they had a rough year the year before this one as well. And they they had a lot of fans at the game. To be honest with you, that's awesome. They struggled so, for a few years, so that's that's good to hear. I didn't know what their what their kind of turnout was like. And Coach Drayton has won national championships. I'm sure you know on staffs at Ohio State and Florida, oh. both under Urban Meyer, who we're going to talk about later today and he's got NFL experience with the Packers and the Bears. Um that had to be something that was super appealing to you going into into that process. Exactly. So 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 you as you know I committed to when coach um when coach Kerry was there. Yeah. I had always I had always had an idea. I'm like, okay, you got away with one season with two wins. You're not doing it twice. They probably gonna get rid of you. But I knew I knew that was possible with, with any sport. And you and knew that after you committed. I, I, I knew I knew before I committed actually that I, nine times out of ten that style was probably going was probably going to uh, move Interesting. on. Yeah. And so in the other offers I was considering uh, uh, with Tennessee and Missouri and Coastal Carolina, I mean they they those are great programs. I have huge respect for them. Um, but they just didn't have the the same academics and 
I feel like I had a, I have a better opportunity, um, better opportunity to have an impact earlier at Temple than I might have had at Tennessee or Missouri. Because it's like they they got Tennessee has a great program going right now where I I, I could see T being hard for a freshman or even shoot a redshirt freshman to get get some playing time. So. Yeah, and as long as you know your priorities, like you said, like get trying to get on the field early and make an impact. That's that's something that's that's super important. Now, like you said, the new coaching staff coming in, obviously the new head coach, but also new position coaches. I would imagine. I'm not sure. I didn't really look into that aspect of it. But how have your uh, relationships with those guys come along in the past couple weeks? Uh, it's been it's been so. Coach Ty, that's my guy. He he checked on me all of that, and then he gave me a call right the day before it all went down, and he was letting me know that. Um, the, that the, uh, Coach Carey got let go, but that he didn't know if the next coach would keep him or not. So, the, um, I guess the rule that they can't have contracts with recruits if they're not on contract yeah. with their new coach. And Interesting. So the, athletic, yeah. uh, uh, the athletic director Arthur Johnson reached out to me and told and told us that they uh they still that he still wanted us to sign and he had he was looking out for us even even kind of talked to us about who some of his coaching candidates were. And so uh, when signing day, signing day kind of rolled around a couple hours before he uh, he kind uh, he kind of hinted that he was going to hire Coach Drayton. And I, right before I signed the papers the next day, I asked Coach um, uh, Coach Wins, who I'm really close with. I said, "Yeah, he's thinking to hire this uh, Stan Drayton guy." And I said, and I, and I and I kept saying to myself, "That name sounds so familiar." Yeah. And comes to find out. Stan Drayton is like like greatly known around Cass, mainly because his wife is from Detroit. I believe she went to Cass. I'm not sure I'm a truth of this fact. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't right. know that. And then, but. and then he was a part of the whole situation with um uh Mike Weber and getting him to come to yeah, Ohio yeah. State. And yeah, so that's a big time coach, name. My coach, yeah. So my coaches were telling me that um if he's really going to be the coach, you are in great hands. Uh, and I, I, that was really uh, me. That was my last thing. I'm like, well, let's wrap this up then. So For I sure, bro. So you really, like, the athletic director had that direct line of contact with you. I've never heard of that before. That's a pretty uh, that's a pretty neat thing. And obviously, guys always talk about schools, wanting the, wanting the schools to show that they want them, right? Because that's what ultimately you want as a recruit is for it to be a great fit and for the coaches and the staff there to show that they really want you there. And, I, you know, obviously they checked all those boxes for you. So I'm glad that – uh, up to this point, it's worked out for you. I'm sure you're excited to get on campus. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. Otherwise, though, I mean, we're going to talk about uh, was it Travis Hunter? What was uh, yeah, the guy's first? Yeah, so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about him a little bit later, and and you know, obviously his big flip and commitment. But um, with the recent passing, you have the NIL laws and all these different things that are affecting recruiting. How did the recruiting process change for you throughout that process, or did it not have too much of an effect on you? Uh, I had a lot of, a lot of things, uh, go, 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 go different ways with NIL real fast. You know, I got a, here, I got a, I got a lot of, a lot of uh, friends and I guess and family members and people like that. My parents know that like own like small businesses and stuff like that. And so the second they all heard about NIL thing, they figured that, oh, you're going to school next year. You, we, uh, we want you first brand athlete and stuff like that. And I'm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I um, I was, I was appreciative. I'm like, I gotta get there first. And big thing with me is, I don't want to sign a bunch of nil deals and be sitting on the bench. <laughs> and it's, 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 I That's so good. That's good. 
Like I, I see, I see dudes uh, signing contracts before they get to school and stuff. I mean, prime example, Quinn Ears went went to college, got got his full, got his money. He's a great player. Yeah, went to school early to get, to get the money. Missed his entire senior year. Now he's bailing shit. And then and now and now and now he's basically back in the same class as me and missed the whole year of his life. That is crazy. You don't think about it like that, but he's a millionaire, though. I mean, yeah, he's definitely made his money. So I guess you can. No, he, he got. He got he got his money for sure, but but the question is he he jumped for that money, but now we'll see is is that going to affect him from getting the multiple millions of dollars he would have got from going being one of the top picks in the draft? Not saying it's not going to happen. Still. Yeah, no, because he totally could make it work still. But now, like you said, his situation is going to be so much different just because he decided to leave early, reclass, and really go and get up to uh, Ohio State early now. Obviously, that situation didn't work out. Like you said, if he gives it another year, maybe he ends up at a totally different spot. We, we just won't really know. But um, I, the last one of the things I wanted to ask you was, say you've got, which I'm sure you've got a lot of friends um, on that Cast Text team and a lot of the guys that are coming up, those younger guys, what would you tell them getting into this recruiting process now that you would have liked to have known two, three years ago? I think something I regret the most is always keep your ears open. If someone... It's saying something about a coach, and if it's saying something about a coach or saying something about a situation that may be about to transpire, you might want to listen to it, and then not, maybe not maybe not take it take it all all in and say they're right, but at least have some ears open, yeah, and have, and keep and always uh, keep 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 your options open. I I, I do I don't, I'm not a fan as, as as I've gotten to the MR program. I'm not a fan of the top school list and stuff like that. I I think dudes should just really. Especially how how coaches getting dropped left and right and stuff like that. I really do think you should all keep all your options open and just and keep an open communication with everybody. Even if it's with you telling the coach, "Hey, look, I'm probably gonna go to this school, but I don't and I or or I don't think I'm gonna come here." So not saying I don't want to talk to you anymore, but that's that's what it is. I got you. Yeah, and, no, that that makes a lot of that, sense. Yeah, but just just go by the most respectful way as possible with, with everything you do. And always keep uh, push your name because have it, have your name in the, in the media for the right reasons, of course. I like uh, that. Yeah, I like that. Now, who do you think? Obviously, the early signing day, the early signing period is over. For you, who came out of that that maybe surprised you, or is there anyone that like your pick that got a really good class? I mean, you're more in touch with with that class than a lot of those things, and I probably am. Um, I would say that. Michigan had a pretty had a pretty good signing day, with, with, with the exception of losing my teammate, uh, Dion. I, I did think Dion was going to go there. At, at I saw place, that. But, yeah, yeah, but some things happened behind behind the scenes. I won't speak on that. He uh, okay. That it, 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 it kind of made made clear that um he he kind of knew where he wanted to be getting to the getting getting to the um the SEC and then the ball in there. And it was it's nothing against Michigan. He loves Michigan. It was a it was a, a, a nice decision. Yeah, it almost it wasn't on the level of I see how Keontae Goodwin just sent in in LA. It wasn't like that, mm -hmm. but it was it was it was like it was wild, really. You know, I think he picked the best fit for him. So that's but good. But I man. do think Michigan had I think Michigan had had a good day. Um, Texas, of course, they jumped on the opportunity with uh, all the Oregon kids coming there now. Yep. So then uh, Texas A&M, they they shocked me. They did shock me. Uh, with I saw class, that. But, yeah, I saw that. But but. but but this, this is my thing about them, though. Texas A&M has, has the number one class in 2022. But 2022 doesn't include the transfers you get. And I yeah. kept telling everybody that Alabama is about to get somebody ridiculous out of the portal. 
And what do they do? They go and get Elias Rick this morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys too, like those transfers are guys that come in our impact right away. Whereas, you know, a, a school like A&M might not see the fruits of, of their labor as far as the recruiting class go for another two, maybe three years, depending on if those guys are going to come in and be starters right away. But typically when you go for and, those JUCO guys and the transfers in the transfer portal, those guys are going to come in and just make an impact right away and be studs for your program. And they got a lot of five stars. And I won't, I won't speak. I don't really know them. Yeah. I know Walter. But I, I know Walter. I, I think Walter are going to make an impact. But they got a lot of five-star um, media guys. So my thing is, I'm a little worried they go in and don't play. Oh, Porter, here we come. Uh, not even playing the game yet. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. And I, I appreciate you coming back on. That's all I've got for you today, Jackson. Seriously, though, congratulations on the signing day. And uh, looking forward to, to seeing you in that Temple uniform. Thank you. Appreciated having Jackson on. A lot of uh, interesting insight there. A little interesting conversation about uh, what's your boy uh, Ewers, Quinn, Quinn and Ewers, winning uh, made his money. I don't know. I can't. I don't know if you can really fault him like we were saying you earlier. Got that bread, man. Right? You can't really fault the guy there's for going lot, and, and making that kind of cash yeah. at, at the age that he's at right now. There's not a lot of people. Million at eighteen, man. Yeah. You can't beat that. Exactly. So, so that's, what I'm saying, yeah. that's interesting. But like I said, really glad to have Jackson back on the podcast. But let's talk a little bit of our level of football division two, obviously with our GLIAC representation in the national championship game. Fair State touchdown in Texas on Wednesday night, and they've been holding practice ahead of their game Saturday at what is technically a high school field. McKinney ISD Stadium is shared by three local high schools, but it seats 12,000 people. So I'll throw up a couple pictures. Oh, actually, no, we're in the audio-only version of the pod right now, so I can't. But you have to look that up for yourselves. Uh, McKinney ISD Stadium in Texas. It is unreal. It's probably, I was going to say, it's probably insane. It's unreal. And so three of the local high schools all share this field. And you know Texas high school football is just known for their, um, I don't even know what the right word for it is, just grandeur about football. So it is a, an unreal stadium, and it should be it should be really sweet to uh, to watch that game on Saturday. But yeah, Baby College Stadium. It is, yeah, it seriously is. You pull it up right there? Yeah. It's nuts. Everything's bigger in Texas, Ty. This is Ferris's third trip to the championship game in the last five years. Losses to Valdosta State, who they're playing this year again in 2018, and then West Florida just a couple years ago. That was a really good game, too. So um, I think, like Ty and I were saying earlier, and, and Jimmy was on the pod last week, too, that this is, I think, the year that Ferris brings at home. Yeah, I um, But you never know, because Valdosta State just took out a very dominant Colorado School of Mines team. So... But could you imagine, I was just thinking about this too, could you imagine getting down to Texas on a Wednesday night? I feel like that's a long time ahead of a game to be down there. But well, you, you That's a long get, trip though. From yeah. um, It is. Because I remember when we went down to play. Uh, was it West Texas? No. Nah, we played Texas Permian Basin. Yeah, Permian Basin. And we right. left like Thursday. Like ne- before you know it, it's Saturday and you can really play a game. Well, and, yeah. and, so it doesn't take as long as, as you would think. Because you fly in all day Thursday. Mm-hmm. So all they did was fly all day Wednesday and then get How, their practices in. Yeah, that's true. How long of a flight is that from where around where we're at to uh, Texas? Well, we flew. We drove to Milwaukee. No way. And flew from Milwaukee. But it was direct? Yeah, we went okay. straight to Texas. That's nice. Okay. It was like a, I want to say like a five-hour flight. Okay. That's, uh, that's kind of what I expected. I'd actually like that too because, I mean, if you're a player on that team, you're probably already thinking about it like nonstop to just be able to get down there and get used to, the, you know, the weather's probably a million times different down there than it is up here in the time zone. Uh, it's, it's a different time zone, right? I yeah. believe it's a different time so, zone. They're central. central. So I get, think they're so central. So getting a little routine before Saturday, that way you're not, it's not all brand new to you. So I you know think we I mean? love Wednesday. 
Yeah, we drove Wednesday, flew Thursday. I was going to say, you guys probably... That makes sense. Yeah, especially if you had to drive down to Milwaukee before you did that. Um, There are already some pictures tweeted out about of head coach of the Bulldogs, Tony Anise, and and many of the players, they are just getting swamped with all kinds of media at all their practices and in the hotel before and after practice doing some some Zoom meetings with some different publications and other things. That would be... That'd have to be pretty cool. Like, that'd have to be pretty cool to come out of practice and have, like, you know, two or three different people with with microphones and and cameramen come up to you and, and... you know, just get in your face about the game on Saturday. Yeah, that'd be sick. For sure. <laughs> Even like, because um, it's going to be on ESPN. Is it ESPN Plus? Or no? Probably ESPN three. ESPN U or something. I think it's one of the, it's not, it's it not ESPN, ESPN Plus. They, but They it, should it's, put it on ESPN 3. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, no, it really should be. I, I know. I think the last, the semifinal games were on ESPN U, I want to believe. There'll be an NFL player that comes out of one of those teams. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Ferris already has some NFL alum. Right, that's what or I'm saying. Ferris alum that are in the NFL, rather. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, it'll be and a good game. It should be, it should be a really interesting one. Um, but what I will say is that Ferris, like we've always talked about in the last couple weeks, they're run dominant, extremely run dominant. Mm-hmm. And their last couple games have been snowy, like bad conditions. And that's very much yeah. played to their favor. So going down to Texas against a team like Valdosta, who is not as, you know, dependent on their run game. Up in the air. It should be a lot more, a lot different game. So the pacing of the game is going to be the most interesting part for oh, me. No, a- and the first quarter is going to be crucial for Ferris. I have a weird feeling Ferris State comes out of there two touchdowns. Really? Uh, I, just, I, I don't know what team that can beat them, to be honest. No, I mean, I definitely have not seen anyone that could, especially after that semifinal win over Shepard. That was ridiculous. So mm-hmm. um, that'll be an interesting one. But we can move over to the NFL side of things. Or you want to go college football first? You guys Let's just pick. stay college football. College yeah. football. Might as well, man. Continuity, man. Let's do it. Early Ricky signing day. Travis Hunter, a cornerback, and the number two ranked recruit in the country. Number one. Um, Number one for Rivals, number two for ESPN. So you could say number one. Number one for everything other than ESPN. Yeah, so, so you can say I, number I give, one. I give yeah. the concession. So we can say the number one ranked recruit in the country. He flipped his commitment from Florida State, like I mentioned in the intro, to Jackson State in a dramatic signing day presentation. That's a big pickup for Deion Sanders. Um, but we were talking to Jackson about it, and this kid's got a whole speech prepared. He goes up to the podium. He throws a hat on. Was it like Georgia or something like that? Yeah, and he's Georgia, like, FSU, he literally put Bama. the he put the hat on. He said something, then he threw it to the side, put it on, threw it to the side, and like after a while, I think it just becomes a charade at some point. People love right? that though. They do, and like the they must have had some type of crowd there, obviously, because yeah. oh, yeah, they had loud. a whole yeah. Those people were going nuts. Hey, shout out HBCUs though. That's a big they're, time. They're getting, that's a big time active. move. It is. I've seen a, I've seen some big like Texas A and M's at HBCU, right? Texas A&M? Aren't they? I, no, it, I don't believe so. Is it no. uh, Alabama A&M? Alabama A&M, they, probably, They had yes. a good recruiting class. Like, I want to say top 50 in the nation. They just got some quarterback. That's what um, I'm saying. Like, the HBCUs are, are pulling some kids right so now. So now, going off of that, I wanted to talk because people are saying that this is the first real example of NIL deals possibly changing the recruiting scene from Power 5 schools because mm-hmm. it's rumored now that uh, Travis Hunter has signed a, like, seven-figure contract with Barstool Sports. And nothing, no nothing official has actually come out, but a lot of people were tweeting this because Deion Sanders has some affiliation with Barstool and has been working as some type of on-air talent for them. Um, Dave Portnoy even tweeted like a little gif after the commitment of because uh, someone was That's complaining. Insane. Someone was complaining about um, you know the deal changing the recruiting whatever, and Dave responded and tweeted with it was actually uh, Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob playing the world's smallest violin, <laughs> like in response yeah. to this hater. So. I, like I said, nothing official has come out, but that's what people are speculating is that he signed a basically a million dollar deal. Well, did you with see Barstool. that? Uh, 
Remember when Sanders had Brittany Brittany Griner come in and talk to the boys? Bro, that Brittany Griner. Apparently, that weekend, Travis Hunter was there. No, I saw that too. That was the weekend that she was there. I saw that too. That is not a coincidence. No, that got debunked. She was there the weekend before. It wasn't. Oh, it wasn't yeah. real. She was there the weekend before. I did see that though. I mean, we should just say it was. Just like run with it. I feel like, to be <laughs> honest, to me, because he was like he was like Florida State through and through. Uh huh. I feel like honestly, the chance to get coached by Deion Sanders is like, especially at the position. Yeah, at the position. And to me, his son Shadur Sanders was a four star. Yeah, quarterback. That was a huge pickup for them his too, but it made a, a lot more his, sense. His, his son was I can't. Even. He was going to Florida State. No, 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 no. Was he? Where was well, no, not Shadur. Shadur was committed to like Florida Atlantic because he was oh, playing for the It was FAU. FAU. It was FAU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think his uh, Florida State. I think his son Shiloh. Alma yeah. mater, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's why like, his son Shiloh was he was like a starter at South Carolina and left South Carolina to go to Jackson State. So I don't think it's like I don't think it's gonna be. I think Jackson State is like the Alabama. For HBCUs, uh, I don't yeah. think we just gonna see. I mean, like, top I would agree. Going it. Well, they won. The, they won the league this year. I don't know if you knew that they won the league yeah. this year for the first time in, in a lot of years. Sanders was coach of the year. Yes, you may not was. know this. Like you may not know who this person is, but Percy Miller, his son, was like a top fifty recruit, and his son went to Tennessee State to play basketball. Really, and he's transferring because like they just don't have the funding and the money to support that kind of player who has like. NBA aspirations. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why I feel like not a lot of people will follow. I don't know if Travis Hunter will last at Jackson State. Yeah. Just because it's like the funding. So now I, I was just interested because it felt like this was much more of a move focused on the fact that Jackson State is an HBCU, which um, for those of you who don't know who it is a historically black college or university. And Hunter said that was a huge part of his decision. But a lot of people are trying to basically swing the story and shift it in a way to where it's much more centered around the NIL deal. Even though nothing has been confirmed from Barstool or from Travis Hunter, um, I think people are just trying to shift that story. And I don't know why that has been the conversation because I really believe that it had much more to do with the fact that Dion was there and that it's an HBCU and he can have that impact as, like we said, the number one recruit in the country. So I guess it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. And then just going on to... Um, you know, the actual signing day, this was early signing day only. So yeah, do you well, think we're going to see the same stuff sh- coming from actual signing day? On, on Twitter, Shadur, uh, Deion's on the quarterback. Yeah. He just tweeted and said, put out a laughy face and said, we ain't done yet either. No. Yeah. I was going to say Jackson State, pro- Jackson State will become a hotbed for a lot of, lot of top recruits who probably, necess- who probably don't really have like a strong tie to any school. It would be easy for I mean, yeah, if, if I'm a recruit, like, say I'm a four- or five-star, right, and I'm getting recruited by all these schools mm-hmm. that also have four- and five-stars in their secondary or whatever. Yeah. And I see Travis Hunter go there and say, like, you know, he's getting the same interest as me. Obviously, I'm not the number one recruit in the nation. Yeah. But, like, you got a chance at starting. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're a big-time big name, I mean, I'm not a big believer in stars, but, like, when you, you, can, you can see a ball player when you see one. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, that – the fact that it's Deion Sanders, I mean, you really couldn't have another a better aspect. And that's kind of getting at what Pruitt was talking about earlier when we talked to him. Like, he said how Temple might not be the place where it's going to be the biggest name. Tennessee, right. Missouri, even Coastal Carolina like really that, yeah. are, are bigger names than that. But he said one of his priorities was really just to get on the field as soon as possible. And I think he's probably correct in that Temple gives oh, yeah. him the best shot to do that. 
at he's, his a, he's position. He's a great football player. Like, exactly. He, he could have gone anywhere. He could have gone Michigan State. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he could have yeah. gone anywhere. It sounded like there were – and those other schools, two of them are SEC schools. So, right. that's big-time football. So, right. those, those can't be overlooked. Um, otherwise, in the college football scene, Kenneth Walker officially has opted out of the Peach Bowl. And that was per earlier today on Twitter. He yep. released a statement, and then Coach Tucker also released a statement yep. um, calling uh, K nine a Spartan dog for life. So that was cool to see. Um, but he was a he was a Spartan for less than a year. Think about that. Yeah, and he probably had the biggest impact of of both of our lifetimes on the, on our fan base. Uh huh. We've never 100%. seen we, we we've never had an electric player like that, especially on. Yeah, I don't play with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, Le'Veon Bill. I, I, I love Captain Kirk. Le'Veon. Le'Veon. Yeah, I think Le'Veon would be a better a cl- comparison. Yeah, 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 Le'Veon. I mean, we, we've we've had we always had good running backs. You know what I mean? But, but even still, I don't gonna, know. He's going to be a dog in the NFL. Like, he's got an NFL prototype already. He's going to be a dog. So right now, he is the currently ranked at number two for running backs. Do you know who he's behind, Ty? Brees Hall. Don't play with me. Yeah. <laughs> is he, is he the kid he's from, behind uh, Iowa State's Brees yeah. Hall, and that Mel, Mel Kiper Jr. is the one who makes those rankings. But he don't know where that. do we see that's, – that's all he does. I mean, I don't want to get sidetracked, but Mel Kiper Jr. is a freaking fraud, and he makes his living off of ranking college kids. It's ridiculous. I I'd, can't stand that, I'd take that Colin man. Coward's – Word over Mel Kuyper. No way. <laughs> I, I listen to the herd every day. Do you? I love the herd. The herd, dude. undisputed. I can't listen to first take anymore. No, first take's brutal. You don't like Steve Smith? Steven Smith? No. He's all right. He I just, love he just get on there and yell. He's he so does. Funny. He's just opinionated as hell. <laughs> he's but awesome. what I will say, I think Kenneth Walker, I think he's only number two because Brees Hall got the most upside. That's probably fair. And, and to how me, does your game transition like, to the NFL? Neither one. Oh, yeah. I feel like Isaiah Spiller is the best running back if he were to declare. Really? Yeah, from Texas A&M. Yeah, he's a monster. But well, I so, think so. Is that Bijan? He's young. Is Bijan he younger? Robinson or, or no? No, I think Bijan Robinson got another year. I don't know how, but I think he does. I think he's got a chance to win the Heisman next year if he comes back. To be honest, yeah, me too. I think. I think to me, Kenneth Walker is David Montgomery. I, really, I, he'll be a I, real. He'll be a real good solid like back in the I league. Agree with that. I don't I think he'll that. ever be this all pro. I don't think he has. I don't think he's like what Saquon was coming yeah. out. No, I think he'll be agreed. a little. I feel like I he'll, he'll be a really good yeah. solid back in like the league. Joe Mixon. Yeah, and and that and he he'll be a top fifteen, like maybe crack the top ten. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he'll ever be like a world breaker running back. No, I, I agree. But he's gonna be. A, he's gonna. He's gonna have a good career. So yeah, the the question right now for me and for a lot of people especially after the Heisman voting, is what will this MSU team look like without Walker? And will we finally see how valuable he was to that team? Because that was, when the Heisman conversation came around, it was that Walker is the most valuable player in college football because without him, this MSU team would not have had the same success. Um, you go from a 10-win team to maybe a six-win a six win team. Six and five. Right, without a Kenneth Walker. So a lot of those big-time big, big time games, especially Michigan being most notable of the bunch, those do not go in the Spartans' favor. So what do you think that they look like without Kenneth Walker against Pitt and a, a really good Pitt team. I mean, Pitt doesn't have Pickett either, though. They don't. So, I mean... It's, it's a good point. Well, uh, he not playing? No, he's not playing. Oh, that's silly. It could it could, <laughs> it could, could go one of the two ways. One, Michigan State just cleans the floor with them. Yeah, which I think... I'm hoping, and I, I think that's kind of how it's going to go. Which what should happen. Yeah. Because if you're, like, in Mel Tucker's... In his, uh, like, his coaching staff, like, he would like to say that... K nine hasn't done any everything, you know what I mean? Like, of course not. They still got Jaden Reed. They still, you know, no. You know there's I mean? definitely like, still playmakers, and Peyton Thorne has been a great facilitator and has made big plays when they've when mm-hmm. they've needed them. But you know, like like you said, he hasn't been a stud for them. I like I said, I could go two ways: either we, Michigan State wipes them up, or it's Michigan State just folds and they lose. It's such an old Michigan State game to lose, though. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, 
<clears throat> the whole season went great. We're on, we're on cloud nine. Whoever thought we'd be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, And then exactly. here we go, and we get just molly by a team that doesn't even have their quarterback. <laughs> it's not a New Year's Six Bowl because they play on it's new, yeah, it is. It's new Year's December 31st. I think it is New Year's Six. It's a no, bowl. they play on December 31st. It's called the new, it's, it's, a, it's in the Class 5 New Year's Six. So no, yes, it's not. It is. It's December 31st. Look it up. <laughs> Anyways, I think Michigan State going to win because I think Michigan State got – a lot of offensive firepower outside yeah. of Kenneth Walker. They Kenneth do. Walker is Michigan State's offense, but I think uh, Jalen Reed, Jalen Naylor, I think, and a quarterback. I Trey can't Mosley. Think of his name. Trey Mo. Yeah, what you know about Trey Mosley? Nothing at all. Never exactly. heard of him. I know. I got. He's it. actually he's actually been a good um, number three guy for them. He's, he's stepped up great, in some big yeah. time games for them. We we played against him in high school, that's why we know him. Yeah, I got nothing. Well. What is he? Number seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Seventeen. Oh yeah, he nice. He had a touchdown against um in the game they lost against Purdue. He was he, he, he was put balling. it on my head He's once a sophomore year. Uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people put it on your head though. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Michigan we're, State had come out with the job. We're playing with Trey. Pitt not, I think they probably would have beat him even if Kenny Pickett played. Agreed. We were playing Trey. It would have been probably my junior year, and uh, West Bloomfield. My first varsity start. Yeah, and we're mm, playing brutal. West Bloomfield. And I think we were up early, and then Trey came out. Just turned it on. I think he had three touchdowns. Dude, you go like this: you catch the ball on one side, run to the other side, and I'm gone. <laughs> He's just a better athlete than everybody on the it field. It was like Madden on rookie mode. That's usually how it turns out. Yeah, it's, it really is. But um, like I said, I, th- I think that game should go according to plan for Michigan State. But uh, I guess we'll see on December 31st, huh, Ty? Yes, we will. <laughs> Not New Year's Day. You know they don't play on. Oh, uh, finally we finished it off with some NFL talk, and the man of the hour, the day, the week is Urban Meyer. He gets the boot after more off-field drama. And news of Meyer's firing came early this morning, or if you're me, at like 1 o'clock in the morning from Tyshawn, who texted me and told me that <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> yeah. But it seems that owner Shad Khan has, has simply had enough, and Shad Khan seems to be a freaking con man because he was the one that was publicly endorsing Meyer earlier this year and said that, you know what, I've found the guy. I've found the coach to lead this program in the right direction. I wouldn't believe a single thing that man says. One, because he's seen the way he looks, bro. He does. He looks like he looks like he's, he's a, yeah. like the Italian mafia. <laughs> like he owns a but pastry shop on the side of the that had to, That had to have been the last straw because you have to be so pissed to fire someone at like 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, you really <laughs> have to be so mad. And it's crazy because I... I said it. I don't want to keep saying I told you so, but I said <laughs> but it. He will. was literally just like self-destructing. It's what it feels like, so man. So where like they would not be able to bring him back at all. Should we go through the and list guess, of, of all the things that he's done here before, real quick? Before you do that, Kobe, yeah. guess who's the interim coach? Who uh, uh, We were going to talk about that, too. The, it's right. like it's the dude who was the interim coach for the, the Lions last yeah. year. Daryl Bevel will step yeah, in Darryl to be Bevel. the interim head coach. The, favorite, and the fan favorite. He was an interim head coach, like Ty said, for, uh, for a game only, I believe, for the Lions last year. They so won, this, didn't they? This yep. isn't his first no, rodeo. No, they went 1-4. I don't, yeah, I don't. Yeah, they did win 1-4. He, he coached the last five games. Yeah, they okay. went 1-4. Who was the, oh, was the wide receiver coach that had to step in for a game, right? Uh, because he had COVID Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. That was a weird one. Um, But Daryl Bevel will be stepping in, but... Here is a list of the things that Urban Meyer did, um, starting off with the most recent of which. This comes after a former Jaguars kicker, Josh Lambeau, says that Meyer kicked him. You heard that right. Kicked him during practice after missing two kicks in the preseason. Lambeau says that Meyer approached him and said, hey, dipshit, make your effing kicks. (laughs) And then when when Lambeau responded, and I guess retorted in some aspect, Coach Meyer said, I'm the head ball coach. I can kick you whenever the F I want. That's some Southern shit right there. 
Yeah, that's crazy. I have never heard it. And this is, uh, I didn't put this in my little notes here, but this is following, he actually approached all the specialists at practice and cussed them out and basically said that you guys are worthless to this team and you don't do your job as well. So it's a great coach. To have. That was one incident from uh, Urban Meyer. The other one was when he publicly, I guess not publicly, but the story was leaked eventually how he challenged all of his assistant coaches and told them they were all losers and made them defend their resumes in front of them in, front, in a meeting. That's awful. Said that hey, basically, I'm Charlie a winner. Strong. I'm yeah. a winner. You guys are all losers. You don't, com- you don't commit anything. You don't, uh, you know, do anything for this team. Why should I keep you? Is Charlie Strong a winner? I don't know. Nope. I don't know Charlie. He tex- he coached at Texas for three years, not a winning season. Hey, you know, remember that, that doesn't make it right to say that. Remember that they, they remember they, is he wrong? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> he's not wrong. But there's a there's no. You can't cool, do that. Though. There's, no, no, it's terrible. There's another cool stat. In his nine years at Ohio State, he lost what eight games? Yeah, he lost more games this year. He than lost he eleven. Did. He lost more games this year than he did in his entire, entire career, career in college. But the thing is, is um. As a head coach in college, yeah. As a, yeah was, as a this coach. all started at the very beginning of the year when he hired a very questionable, I can't remember by his name, but someone who had been... been Accused uh, of sexual assault. Right, and being racist yeah. and all that stuff. I hired him and said, yeah. this is a great guy. I, I coached him at Ohio State, in the same Ohio State where we swept under the the, the rug with all those... I was going to say, not to mention, coming from Ohio State, where he right. actually covered up sexual misconduct for multiple months from one of his assistant coaches. And I hate to say it, but you know who... Said that he wouldn't make it through the year at the beginning of the year. Who's that? He lives in this house. <laughs> Jim Manzo. <laughs> Jim Manzo. I'll shout him out. He is. He was on the dump Meyer train from the beginning of when it all started. And I, to be honest, I'm so glad it didn't work out for him. Yeah. The, the way it, the way it, the way it happened is terrible. What but really should have been the last straw was the video that got released in early October of this year with the college girl. Yeah, um, it's like, that dude. That right there, that should have been done as soon as that video was released. He should have been unemployed. Agreed. But the thing about it. He's always got a butt for it. <laughs> it's crazy. Why are you defending this man? I'm not. I'm not defending him. I'm saying it should have never even got to that point. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Because agreed. it made like news that he wasn't flying back with the team. Uh huh. So they were like, "Wow, the coaches are flying back with the team after a loss." Then you go to a public bar, groping on a college student. Pretty sure that was a college student. Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Well, it, was it definitely too. wasn't his wife. So it's like, <laughs> all right. Then you got your wife liking tweets, talking about she deserves better. So you're publicly fighting she for your job she's and 40 your marriage. Years old. <laughs> you know, she on Twitter fighting for her marriage, bro. She's forty. He's fighting for his marriage and his job, and uh, he lost his job. Probably gonna lose both. He might lose his marriage and his family. I just sent you a video. I don't know if you looked at it or not. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> like, what's wrong with him? That's urban. Did you see him? No, no. Yeah, yeah. Like he. Oh, uh, I know you're talking about the, the, the yeah. The he's uh, not yeah. from this earth. No, he's not, and he just looks grouchy when you look at him. He's a he's a goofball. I hope I, he gets fat and drinks a lot of beer on his couch. And I wouldn't be surprised football. if that happens. But uh, to finish off the pot, we'll talk a little bit about the changes to the league COVID protocols. So we we kind of alluded to it earlier, but COVID is hitting the NFL very hard right now, and there are over a hundred players currently in COVID protocol and unable to play with 10 of those currently from the Lions roster. Not, not all of them are active roster. A few of them do come from the practice squad, but the league has made some big time changes to how they plan to battle to the virus. So first of all, the most important one I think is that everyone has to wear a mask during team activities, regardless of vaccination status. So if you're the NFL now, how could you convince more guys to get vaccinated? Because even if you get vaccinated, the incentives are now gone. Right, you still have to wear a mask no matter what. There are no more indoor meetings; they'll have to be held outdoors or remotely. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
for teams like Detroit up here in the north, you're not going to be holding outside meetings. So that automatically means remote meetings for a lot of these northern teams. And no more team dinners or gatherings on team on the you know the facilities or the premise of the team. And no more than 15 people at a time in the weight room. So those are kind of all the restrictions that have that's come like, out of this new that's mandate. That's like peak coronavirus. Right? Like, that stuff has been going on for way too long, and now I they're mean, just bringing it back. It feels it, like this was a huge step in the wrong direction, but I guess to ensure the safety of an NFL season, it might be necessary. They might deem it necessary, but Baker Mayfield obviously disagrees. Obviously, if you see all 100 players tested yeah. positive, around 100 in a three-day span. Isn't that wild? And, and it's and, a breakout in all the sports, though. Exactly. It's, it's not NHL just NFL. Games being postponed. NBA, college basketball games got canceled. The NBA, like. The Bulls that, had eight players. Night. I thought we were over this. Yeah, they had to postpone, like, the Bulls games. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like, dude, that's ridiculous. So like, the one good thing that is coming out of this new tweak to the regulations, though, is that players are that are fully vaccinated can return to play after two negative PCR tests. And those tests can be conducted on the same day as opposed to having to wait 24 hours in between tests. Nice. So that's big-time news for those guys that are trying to get back on the field. And obviously the NFL wants to make money. So if your stars are not playing on the field, that is going to be money directly out of your pocket. So any way they can keep those guys on the field, keep them playing, and keep them on our televisions every Sunday – that is something that they are going to advocate for. Um, but back to Baker a little bit. Obviously, Baker, those tweets come out and, you know, seem kind of out of left field, and then it comes out that he tested positive. So then you're like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. And then did you just say that Odell tested positive as well? Yeah, he did. Odell yeah. and Jalen Ramsey are, they didn't play last week. Really? Odell. Or Monday he, night. That was Monday night game. Odell was. played, but Odell Jalen Ramsey both played because he had a touchdown. Yeah. They you did. Got put on the COVID. Like, I, I, I the Rams admit, have like around like ten or twelve dudes on yeah. the COVID list. I love I love watching Odell Beckham in the end zone, dude. <laughs> the yeah. dust. I could, the dust. Zone oh my was gosh! Or when he does the, the plates and then first down. He's, he's my favorite. Ball, he's my bro. favorite receiver in the league. He's like he's such a he's like a little kid out there playing backyard. You know who's a little kid though? Did you see the mic'd up with Joy Bosa? Yeah. Oh, the tea bag. Is that a, like weird dance he did? He was hilarious. Yeah, he was going crazy. Like I feel like I just always thought I, I never really had heard him speak before. I always thought he'd be a very intimidating guy. No, you never like, watched real. Hard the Bosa's and the really Watts didn't. are like exact opposites, right? Yeah, they totally Nick are. Bosa's like that. Yeah, they're all. That's what I'm saying. But the, Joey the Bosa, he, yeah, he was like it was. You you talking about the NFL mic'd up on YouTube? The Charger, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. It was hilarious. He was talking about the video games. Like Tony Super Two Blinkies, my green one and my white one. He like he was. He I'm, was I'm sure like when you get a mic like that, guys put on a show, right? But like he was doing it all. That was hilarious, dude. So yeah, for sure. I am. Uh, I, it's, just, it's just interesting because, like I said, I had a preconceived notion of how I thought he would sound and act in my head, and it was and that wasn't it. Totally not it. Couldn't Probably be further judge from a book it. By his cover. No, you never can. But uh, that's all we've got for today's episode. Do you want rejects? I want to thank you if you've actually made it listening this far. Uh, follow us on Twitter at D1 Rejects and Instagram at Division One Rejects. Fellas, appreciate your time today. It's been Thanks a good for one. Me on. I'll be back.